Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. I am very excited for this topic. All I'm going to say is woolly mammoths, and then I'm going to throw it over to you. (laughs) Woolly mammoths. (laughs) Woolly mammoths. So today we're going to be talking about tracking one of these woolly mammoths. A group of scientists have been able to track the movements of a woolly mammoth that lived about 17,000 years ago in Alaska. So woolly mammoths lived about between 300,000 and 10,000 years ago, and they lived over large mass of land, including parts of Asia, Europe, North America, with fossils and skeletons being found in these areas. Frozen woolly mammoths have also been found, and one such mammoth, a baby, was found in the permafrost in northwestern Canada in 2022, pretty recently, and it was thought to be about 30,000 years old and is the most complete woolly mammoth found to date. Woolly mammoths foraged on vegetation and they may have eaten up to 180 kilos of food per day. Goodness me, how expensive is that? Wow. <laughs> totally. Lena, that yeah. sounds like Lance's Bucks Night the other week. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yes. Yeah. Um, just just for context, we went to a friend's Bucks Night and it was at a bar where you play computer games, which was good. And my brother might have ordered a bit more food bit than we needed. Much. At, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we yes, ate like woolly mammoths that night. Yeah. yeah. So you were all woolly <laughs> mammoths that night. We didn't drink like woolly mammoths. I just want to put that out oh, there, though. Because no. woolly mammoths didn't drink alcohol. So that's good. So maybe we did drink like woolly mammoths. How does that work. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) continuing on, (laughs) it's thought that the the modern day elephant relatives, woolly mammoths were quite social and they moved around in herds. They had thick shaggy coats and they had tusks that could be up to 12 feet long. Mm -hmm. Size-wise, woolly mammoths were quite large. And according to Wikipedia, male woolly mammoths reached shoulder heights between 2.67 and 3.5 metres, which is about 8 and 11 feet. They weighed about 4 and 8 tonnes, between 4 and 8 tonnes. Yeah, (laughs) it's metric tonnes. And while females reached about 2.3 to 2.6 metres, which is about seven and a half to eight and a half feet in shoulder heights. And they also weighed between about three and four metric tons. So big guys, big Which animals. Which is how we felt after Lance's Bucks party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A team of scientists yeah. led by Matthew Wooler. So his last name is actually Wooler. Very fitting name. Yes. Who's Wooler? I was about to say. Oh, there you go. There you go. There well, you go. Yeah. Um, he was born for this. He was, he was born to born do this. For yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. This is destiny. Yeah. It yeah. is. <laughs> now, he's an isotope scientist, and he's the one who tracked the path of this woolly mammoth. And they've named this woolly yeah. mammoth called Kick by analyzing strontium and other isotopes in the woolly mammoth's tusks. So, an isotope basically is an atom of an element that can have the same number of protons in its nucleus and the same number of electrons, but will have a different number of neutrons. So, isotopes can act like a chemical signature. 
Since isotopes are in everything in the environment, like soil, water, rocks, plants, and everything that animals interact with, they can become incorporated into the animal's body. And in this case, Mm. the mammoth's tusks. So as the tusks grow, they add a layer every day and the isotopes in the layers of the tusk contain a record of where the mammoth has been and what it ate. So by analysing the isotopes in the tusks, the migration routes of this particular mammoth was able to be tracked. But how did the researchers know where the isotopes they would find come from a certain place? So before the tusk study, there was actually another study done and it was completed using rodent teeth. And these rodent rodents were called voles. So 162 of them had their strontium values taken and the strontium map of Alaska was actually made. Oh. And even though the study was done on modern rodents, a map is still accurate for the Pleistocene era when the mammoths lived, as the rocks are still the same and the strontium values actually change very slowly uh-huh. and over millions of years. So this the record is still current, basically. So to get the value of the strontium in the mammoth's tusks, Woolas selected Kick's tusk out of 174 tusk specimens that are actually stored at the University of Alaska. So Kick's tusk was collected in 2010 near the Kikia Krorak River in Kik, Alaska. Yep. So that's why he's called Kick. Yeah. And, ah, um, okay, yeah. and genetic testing of his, this mammoth whose jawbone was complete with molars revealed he's a male. Oh, complete. Oh, wow. Yep. And radiocarbon dating showed that he died about 17,100 years ago. So to be able to analyse his tusk, it first had to be split. It was two. It was twenty-two kilos, quite heavy, or about goodness, fifty pounds. Twenty-two kilos. Whew, yeah, yeah that's a big one. It was sawed using a bandsaw very carefully and slowly. Took the team about <laughs> a whole day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get it done. Wow! So then wow, the wow, tusk wow. was dyed to reveal the growth layers, with the base being the oldest age of the mammoth, and then the tip of the tusk being the youngest age of the mammoth, and the middle being the lifetime of the mammoth. So the tusk was analysed from the base to the tip by cutting it into five centimetre wedges and feeding them into a laser ablation, multi-collector, inductivity, coupled plasma what? mass spectrometer. Everyone has one of those at what? home. Yeah. A very wow. fancy Everyone mass spectrometer. Wow. That's right. It's the most complicated mass spectrometer. I use it to make toast. And, yeah. <laughs> so the laser in the machine was about 80 microns wide and slowly made its way across each wedge of the tusk before the mm. isotopic analysis. Mm. They obtained 400,000 data points about Kick and what he ate and where he lived and where he died. Oh, wow. So they were able to match the strontium values in Kick's tusk to the values on the strontium map that they created earlier with the voles. And now they found that during Kick's life, he made his way between the Alaskan interior and the north slope of the Brooks Range, which is about uh, 1,100 kilometres or 700 mile one-way trip. One way and trip. Wow. It would have been longer if he went around the place grazing on vegetation. So it wasn't a, exactly a straight line. So yeah, yeah, these woolly yeah, mammoths yeah. travelled mm. very long distances back and mm. forth. So he mm. travelled mm. in this um, area back and forth during his life. It's thought that Kick and his fellow mammoths responded to seasonal changes and to the vegetation that was available yes. to eat yeah, in the ask. areas yeah, where they yeah, lived. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. So, mm. yeah. Mm. 
So Kik used to go to the North Slope in Alaska and use the low pass in the western part of the range to get there. And this is actually the same route that the modern oh, caribou use today. Yeah. So it's quite a popular route oh. for these animals. Yes. So when analysing the base of the tusk, like towards the end of his life, they found that Kik's stayed more local to the North Slope as he got older and he stopped the long range travelling. They also found that in his last year of life, during the summer, the nitrogen isotope measured in his tusk started to increase and this indicated that poor Kick was at the end of his life. He started to starve and this is what oh. caused the nitrogen spike. Now, it could have been that he may have become sick and unable to travel and feed. So maybe he would have started to starve. And resources would have been scarce around him because he couldn't get around. And they think it would have been around the wow. late winter or spring. Kick was around 28 years of age, which for a mammoth is pretty young because the average lifespan of a mammoth oh, I think, well, is about okay. years old. Oh, so oh, no. it could yeah, well, well be that yeah, he was yeah, unwell yeah, yeah. with something yeah. and was unable to get around poor yeah. Kick. Now that the team have been able to track Kick's movements, they've also begun analysing the tusks of another mammoth found in the Alaskan interior. This time it's a 19-year-old female that lived around 14,300 years ago, which is 3,000 mm-hmm. years later than Kick. And this time it's when humans lived in the area and around the time that the mammoths became extinct in that region. It'll be interesting to see whether they find out if it was a difference in the migration patterns of the mammoth. They know too that the climate mm-hmm. began to change around that time, became warmer and wetter, and would have changed a bit according to the weather. And this combination of humans and hum- and climate change seems to have contributed to the demise of the mammoths in this area. So having said that, there are teams working on bringing back the wallaby mammoth, which would be totally awesome. Mm-hmm. I've also included an article yeah. in, that will be in our show notes about such a team who want to bring back the mammoth by 2027, oh, wow. which is only yeah. a few years ago. So, yes, although okay. poor Kick died, we may be able to meet some modern, maybe <laughs> yeah. relatives, you call them, <laughs> in the near future. So I have a question about so, that, right? That's what I was go. thinking about yeah, is how cool it would be to bring a woolly mammoth back. But would yeah. our conditions today yeah. be suitable for a woolly mammoth to survive comfortably would it yeah, i guess if it yeah, yeah, yeah. would yeah, it would it adapt question. in its lifetime mm. to the way the climate the environment mm. is now or would it actually suffer because it's not because its genes are designed for a climate that's not what we have now that's very very good question it wouldn't be a pure mammoth i guess they'd mix it with say uh, probably hopefully not frog dna because so we saw how that like went that, down that so was that not we, a, a bad idea bad idea <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd imagine they would get it to live in an area where it is quite cold and, you know, where there's vegetation available for it. So I'm sure that they would find, you know, perhaps somewhere in the like Northern Hemisphere where there are Mm. those kind of environments where they used to live, Mm. you know, and probably being born at this time, they would probably slowly adapt as they get older, you know, so they would probably learn to live in the climate that, they're given, I guess you could say, but yeah. that's a very interesting yeah. thing to think about for sure. It's the same yeah. with the thylacine that they're bring bringing, yeah. they're trying to yeah. bring back that's that correct. we've spoken yeah. about before. Yeah, it would also have to Adapts. learn to yeah, yeah. live in yeah. the environment that they put it in. 
presumably, I'm not sure how yeah. much Tasmania has changed it's still a giant over forest. the, the time. <laughs> yeah. that I don't think yeah. it's been that long. But the woolly mammoth, if you think about it, it's covered yeah. in a thick fur. It would have to live somewhere cold. It needs a lot of vegetation. So it would definitely need that mm. kind of environment yeah. to live in for sure. It yeah. can't trim a woolly mammoth's fur. That's, that's not right, is it? You just can't touch it. Give it a haircut. Just, just let him be. <laughs> can he... Yeah, my dog groom is pretty good. Maybe we'll give like we that. That'd, no. that'd be a huge job. Yeah, <laughs> in cases of change. Yeah, <laughs> just a change of weather. Maybe I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe would there's all sorts of. If we had mm. left the woolly yeah, mammoth, yeah. would it have adapted to our environment? True. Would it have that gone extinct true. anyway yeah. because yeah. the environment's changing? Mm. And then there's ethical questions. Yeah. Should we bring it back? Is it fair to an animal that? is created, basically, is yeah. it fair to even do it yeah. in the first place? There's all sorts of questions. There are people who agree with it, people who don't agree with it, but yeah. they are forging ahead. And for humans, it would be really interesting to see a woolly mammoth, whether it comes yeah. back as a full species, like a whole big herd. Yeah. Look, no doubt it would be so cool yeah. to see any extinct animal brought back again. Def- like you said, Definitely. the ethical considerations Definitely. of, yeah. So for me, the question also is, will the animal suffer, right? That is one thing. Because it, the conditions yeah. are not the same, especially if it's, yeah. we're talking thousands yeah, of years or, or as something. As Yeah. That's the thing I was thinking ago. was, yeah. I don't, again, I'm, I'm only guessing here, but You'd have to keep them on a reserve. You couldn't. You wouldn't actually release them out into the wild because yes. differently the biodiversity sorry, would be put them in the wild upside no. down yeah, by introducing a new species. It will it? just yeah. crazy. They yeah. would have to be able to migrate. Yeah. It would, exactly like the way that they used to. Yeah, like used elephants to. still yeah. migrate. I mean, they have trouble yeah. too yeah, because of human other. interference. Yeah. If I true, don't know. They'd have true. to purchase yeah. a big part of land. I don't know what yeah. Alaska is like. I don't know yeah. if there's land of it. I don't know. But they would have to be able to. I mean, no, you can't that's right. Keep you it like in yeah. a zoo, yeah. say. No, no, you, you can't. Know, no, it wouldn't be fair. No. They yeah. would need some yeah. kind of reserve of land. And probably Shoot. these are yeah. going to be captive animals. So they're going to be kept, like, they're going to be fed. Oh, of course, they're of not course, going to yeah. be let wild. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. That's what I assume anyway. But. I can it's, see, I can hear David Attenborough doing one of those. Really on yeah. That would be yeah. so good. So Caroline, that was really fascinating. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, learning about tracking their path even. Through I thought science, it was fascinating amazing? to think that you talked about, was it the caribou now taking the same path? And I'm wondering if that's mm, yeah. something that, not passed on like here I teach you, but because it wouldn't just be mammoths, it would be all kinds of animals using that same over time. And if that's, yeah. if it's the same using sort of same ancient, sort of, yeah. you know, yeah. ancient migration, that those animals yeah. that's being, that's just replicated mm. over time, even exactly. to today, that would be really yeah. fascinating to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There would oh, definitely awesome. be other animals yeah. that migrate. They yeah, I've, seen, I've seen Ice Age, don't worry, I know as how the woolly mammoths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's just that the woolly mammoths were probably yeah. easy I guess yes, with spears, yeah, yeah. they're easy targets. Yeah. Oh, uh, and yeah. vegetation yeah. that yeah. they needed to eat was dying out and so they didn't really have a chance. But the caribou may have yeah. been able to or or a, an ancestor of the caribou of today yeah. would have still yeah. been able to make it and they made it. Yeah, Survival yeah. of yeah, the of course, fittest. Of yeah. True. <laughs> but, yeah, quite interesting. It certainly is. Yeah, it's it fun to think is. about these things, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science. 
And find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash Oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest. Here's another podcast on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets.